Being grateful and expressing gratitude are important tools in the armamentarium of the mindful physician and surgeon. In this brief solo podcast, I'll review how being grateful can positively impact our lives and surgical experience, how expressing and exploring gratitude can help us overcome negative situations in our lives, and, if you're interested, how to incorporate gratitude practices into your everyday routine. I hope you enjoy. My name is Phil Parazio, and I'm a urologic oncologist, a surgeon. Like many of you, I absolutely love what I do, and I would not choose another profession. But I've struggled with professional identity, practice efficiency, and wellness over the years. Operate with Zen is a podcast designed to explore a mindful approach to surgery and to being a surgeon. By discussing these struggles and mindful solutions, I hope together we can create a community of strong and healthy surgeons. Enjoy. operate with Zen. In this solo episode, we're going to be talking about gratitude and why it's so important to be gracious and to have gratitude as a physician. So we're going to start with a classic Cherokee story. And this is the story of two wolves. And in every choice in life, there's a battle between two wolves inside of us. One is negative, anger, envious, greedy, has fear, lies, insecurity, and ego. And then the other has peace, love, compassion, kindness, humility, and positivity. And the story goes, the one that wins is the one that you feed. And the parable is really important because it gets down to how do you feed them? In today's world, that means what are you going to read and hear? Who are you going to spend time with? What do you do with your free time? Where are you going to be intentional and focus your energy and attention? And while it's really nice to focus on the positivity, the reality is that a lot of us deal with negativity on a daily basis. So how do we deal with that? So the first advice or recommendation I would give is neutralize the negativity. Get to the root of the issue. Get rid of the emotional response that you're having and try to become an objective observer. Easier said than done. And remember, if you can't do that, back away. If you can't help someone You don't have to be hurt by their negativity if they're putting it out there or by the negativity you're feeling. So separate yourself from the situation. In every situation that you're struggling, try and be a good listener, whether that's actually sitting down and listening and talking with someone or in a greater sense, trying to understand the situation that's going on and give people a a gracious out, right? You could get cut off on the street and it could be because that person's a jerk. Or it could be that that person has a pregnant wife in the car. Try to give them a gracious out. Give them an excuse for why they're acting like they're acting. And I'll tell you, for instance, just recently, I was taking care of a kidney stone patient while on call, and that patient was in tremendous pain and was, a, and was not a nice person, we'll put it that way, in interacting with the residents, the nurses, and myself. And when we got to the issue and we talked about pain and and what that person was really experiencing and feeling, we were able to move on to the next step of the therapeutic interaction was actually talking about what they needed to get done for their stone and their stent discomfort. And we were able to get to an issue, uh, able to get to a resolution. Another big tip to 
minimize or manage negativity, it is to spend time with positive people, right? Get away from people who bring you down and fill your life with people who bring you up. You can do this at work with the people you work with, or, you know, we deal a lot with medical students and residents, the programs you match into look for positive programs and positive places, but you can also do this intentionally yourself. If you're struggling, there are, you can go to retreats or classes or recreation activities with positive people. It doesn't necessarily have to be with people at work. And remember that getting rid of negativity is not necessarily letting go and not dealing with something, but it's actually detaching yourself, stepping back from it and dealing with that issue. Thoughtful communication about an issue or about something that's negative or bothering you can often be productive and beneficial, but complaining is a negative process. So you want to think about a way to be productive and think of solutions, not just what the issue is. And lastly, when you see negativity or when you're struggling, but others are doing well, take success or take joy in the successes of others and seeing their happiness can actually kind of help bring you up in some circumstances. And one of, I think one of the most important and easiest ways to get away from negativity, especially in medicine, is to foster gratitude. So why is gratitude so important and what does it even mean? So I want to thank first Kelly Harris, who is a resident at Johns Hopkins, who put together a phenomenal talk on wellness and gratitude, where some of the data and things I'm going to share with you today come from. So first, what is gratis? And it comes from Latin and it means thankful or pleasing. And it really refers to a positive emotional response that we have when we give or receive a benefit from someone. And the, there's actually now a fair amount of science behind gratitude, which is really not only the psychology, but the neuroscience behind gratitude. And it looks at both the state of gratitude, which is when we feel thankful or appreciative of others, or the trait of gratitude, being a grateful person, which is a predisposition or a sense of being that contributes to an experience of the state of gratitude. Why do we want to be gratitude? Why do we want to be gracious or have gratitude? Well, there are a lot of health benefits. It can improve your physical health. Grateful people tend to sleep better. It can improve psychological health as well as empathy and connection with others, reduces aggression, fosters social connections, enhances self-esteem, and can actually improve mental strength. And in one example or one study, there were 65 patients who had a congenital or adult onset neuromuscular disease. And over a 21-day study period, they were given daily questionnaires to identify those who had gratitude conditions. Those in the gratitude group were, had a daily positive affect and reduced daily negative affect, and they reported more satisfaction with their lives as a whole, felt more optimistic about the week ahead, felt more connected to others, and got more sleep and better quality sleep. And not only were they able to report outcomes in the patients who had better attitude or, or more gracious attitude, but this effect was even, av av was even visible to others. And the study was by Emmons and McCullough published in 2003, if you want to look it up. And gratitude is tied, but not exactly the same as compassion. But compassion is an important part of being gracious. And Roshi Joan Halifax, who's an anthropologist and Zen Buddhist teacher, says that compassion is contingent and emergent. It's part of who we are, and it comes out of our connections with others. So how do we develop compassion? Well, first, we need to notice another's suffering. We need to resonate with that suffering in some way and then act on behalf of another person. It's not exactly gratitude, but as you can see, they're kind of linked and really important for physicians to think about both gratitude and compassion. 
important to recognize that emotional intelligence will improve with compassion training. And we can do this through an intentional practice, whether that's a meditative practice or other practices. And it does so by, by growing the reward circuits in the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and the nucleus accumbens and the inferior parietal cortex, which are all linked to our ability to resonate feelings or connections to others. And these have been demonstrated clearly by Tanya Singer at the Max Planck Institute in functional MRI studies. And these compassion neural networks are, acti are activated when we witness pain in others. They're the same networks that are activated when we have pain or discomfort. And this is basically, you can consider it a neural alarm to another one's suffering. It alerts us to danger in kind of the evolutionary sense but we can cultivate this alarm to make us more aware of what's going on with others. And not only does it involve compassion or the concerns for another suffering, but it involves those brain circuits, as we talked about, for warmth, love, and concern. Lastly, compassion can mute the empathetic distress that leads to burnout and emotional exhaustion. By fostering these circuits, it actually makes us more resilient. So how do we cultivate gratitude and compassion as a practice? Well, there's lots of ways to do this. Simplest is to create visual reminders. You can put up a quote that you love in your, in your bedroom or your bathroom or in your office. You can wear a piece of jewelry, jewelry that reminds you of grateful thoughts, inspirational mugs, inspirational t-shirts, inspirational bumper sticks. These are all over the place. In my office, uh, I've talked about this before on the podcast, I have a rock that has into it carved care for people. And this is when I'm having a tough day. It can be a little bit of inspiration. It can remind me to be gracious and have compassion for others. And that why I'm really here is to care for people and not some of the other BS that comes with being a physician. Another really helpful gratitude practice is gratitude journaling. And this sounds complex, but it really isn't. I do this every night. I have a, a diary or a journal that I keep every night. And the first part of my journal is I, I have a gratitude section. And I'll typically write down just one thing, but it could be as many or two or three if it was a really profound day. But I write at least one thing for that I'm grateful for that happened in that day. Often it has to do with my family and children, but it could deal with an interaction with a patient, something that happened in the hospital, something that happened on this podcast can often make me very grateful and improve my mental well-being and my mental status. And remember, just five minutes a day or even shorter, can help increase your long-term well-being. Keeping a gratitude journal can cause, can help prevent physical symptoms, physical pain. It can help you focus on the good things you want to do in your life and promote things like exercising, promote sleep, especially if you do your journaling at night and improve, improve your sleep quality. And then the last thing to talk about is meditation or using gratitude or loving kindness meditation as part of your practice to cultivate both, both gratitude and compassion. So there's a lot of actually growing science behind this. And just seven minutes a day of what's called a loving kindness practice can boost good feelings and a sense of social connection. Although at seven minutes, it's often temporary. And I'll walk you through a loving kindness meditation later, but listen, you're having a tough day in the clinic, tough day in the OR, tough day at work, tough day in life. Spending seven minutes doing a loving kindness meditation can make you feel better. You want to expand your practice and do this for longer. A cumulative eight hours of loving kindness meditations can improve your amygdala activation and greater than 16 hours of meditation practices here 
can lead to an unconscious bias towards gratitude and graciousness. So when you're building your meditation practice or thinking about these things within two weeks, you'll notice less mind wandering, better focus, better working memory, but you'll also develop compassion. But with compassion specific meditation, you will demonstrate increased connectivity in your empathy circuits and you will definitely experience subjective and not necessarily objective stress recovery improvements because your amygdala will have less reactivity. Remember, this is your fight and flight center and you will have markers of inflammation will decrease over the same time period. And this, once again, the evidence for this comes from altered traits. If you're interested in how meditation or the science behind meditation, how it actually affects your brain and your genes and a whole bunch of other things. And the last bit of advice here as you're building a meditation practice is that coaching can have a major impact on your meditation. And this isn't coaching in the sense that we'll sometimes talk about surgeon to surgeon or physician to physician. This is actually meditation coaching. And when you're in retreat and not at home, you actually will get better connection between your prefrontal and, and amygdala cortex. And that's really what drives the connection here. The reason is you're more focused, more intentional in a retreat. To be honest with you, I've never done this, but this is what the data says. The last thing I'll leave you with here is a quote from Dr. Francis Peabody, for the secret of the care and the patient is in caring for the patient. So how do we cultivate that? Well, I'll talk, I'll talk you through a gratitude exercise and then a loving kindness exercise. And whenever you're having a tough day or you're feeling something that's really got you down or sour or contributing to your burnout, take your deep breaths, get yourself into a comfortable meditative condition and really think about the issue that's consuming your energy. Not just the nuts and bolts, the facts of that issue, but think about what you're feeling about that problem. Once you address those feelings and identify them, think about something in this scenario that you are actually grateful for. Think about something that is positive. Could be something you're learning. Could be something that you're experiencing. Could be, could be the way that you see someone else acting, that you want to act like, but you're not quite there yet. So focus on that thing that makes you grateful. Breathe in and breathe out. Take it in. And in a visualization sense here, turn up the volume on the thing that makes you feel grateful. Let it drown out what's bringing you down. And as you bring up the volume on what makes you grateful, you'll notice that you'll feel better. You'll still be in that situation, but your attitude and perceptions may have changed. Another great Exercise is a loving kindness meditation, and this can be used to either foster gratitude or compassion. Typically, loving kindness meditations, you're going to use a mantra, and a very simple one is may your life be filled with happiness, health, and well-being. Once again, as you take your deep breaths and get into a comfortable situation, first think about yourself and how you can be filled with happiness, health, and well-being, but then start thinking about someone close to you. And repeat the same mantra, may your life be filled with happiness, health, and well-being. And when I mean someone close to you, this can be someone physically close to you or someone emotionally close to. And I like to start with someone actually physically close to you. It's just very easy to feel connected to someone you're in a close physical space. At home, you can think about a family member. At work, you can think about the office next to you. Repeat that mantra three times and then expand. Not just someone who's close to you, but think about a loved one who's now at a distance. This could be parents, friends family who's somewhere else, not with you at the moment. Repeat your mantra. 
Now think about neutral people, people you know, but you're not really friends with. Repeat your mantra, focus on happiness, health, and well-being. And then actually think about people with whom you are in conflict or having an issue. Send them happiness, health, and well-being. And lastly, think about all beings, humans, animals, wherever you want to expand your loving kindness, send it out to the universe and you'll be surprised at what comes back to you. So we'll finish this podcast with one last story. And this one comes from The Four Agreements, which is a really interesting short book, if you're interested in reading it, about Mexican culture and ancient Mexican teachings. It's actually written by a surgeon. And it says, if I love myself, I will express that love in my interactions with you. And then I'm being impeccable with word because that action will produce a like reaction. If I love you, you will love me. On the flip side, if I insult you, you will insult me. If I have gratitude for you, you will have gratitude for me. If I'm selfish with you, you will be selfish with me. And so the key is really taking your energy in the direction of truth and love, gratitude and kindness for others, and that will bring it back to you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Have a wonderful day. 